Hey, before we get started, I wanted to let you know that we love bringing this content to you for free and we want to keep going. Your support helps make that happen. So please go hit that subscribe button today. It really makes a difference. Okay, on to the episode. Shout if you've been in this situation before. You've bought your pet their favorite food and they're so excited about it. You feed them every day, but soon enough, you're left with an empty bag. And it's a pretty big bag. We're talking a bag big enough to fit 25 or even 50 pounds of food. And so you have this empty bag and you think to yourself, what am I supposed to do with this thing? Do you toss it in the trash? Do you throw it in your recycling bin? Can you reuse it somehow? I've been here myself many times. And as someone who's passionate about sustainability, I always wanna make the best choice for the environment. But the truth is I get confused and I'm not alone. Pet parents are asking about and looking for ways to be more sustainable. Luckily, the pet industry is listening and it all starts with that bag. So think about it like maybe a common term you're used to hearing outside of packaging is like your carbon footprint or what is my footprint when I make a decision? That's how we think about sustainable packaging. What is the footprint of the packaging that we use? And what goes into that is like, what materials are we choosing? Where are those materials coming from? How far do they have to ship? We also think about when the consumer interacts with that package, if they have to heat the product up, does that have a bigger carbon footprint? And then of course, like I mentioned, recyclability is important. What about end of life? What do you do with that packaging at the end of life? All those things feed into that footprint. We use that lifecycle analysis data to make decisions about how we then reduce our overall footprint. And that's generally how we think about sustainable packaging, not just recyclability, but kind of everything that goes into it. That's Patrick Keenan, R&D Principal Engineer for Blue Buffalo, who spends his days thinking about and designing solutions for pet parents who are searching for ways to be more sustainable. Coming up after the break, Patrick and two of his colleagues, Rachel Fall and Nicole Kandoff, who also work in sustainability and packaging, will join me for an incredible discussion about the innovative ways they are working toward a more sustainable pet industry. Stay with us. Do you have a very good boy or girl who you want to reward with some special treats? If so, look no further than Blue Nudge's Chicken Jerky. My dog Teddy goes absolutely crazy for them. And can you blame him? They are slow, oven-dried, easy to tear, and packed with protein. And these tender treats are made with real USA chicken. With no artificial flavors or preservatives, Blue Nudge's Jerky Cuts are a healthy way to celebrate everyday moments. Get them wherever you buy treats. And if you haven't yet, download the Buddies app to earn rewards and connect with other pet parents like you. So let's just dive into our topic today, which I'm very excited about because this is a passion topic for myself personally, and that is sustainability and how pet parents can be more sustainable. So why don't we just go into basics first? So Nicole, can you talk to me about just the general landscape of packaging, sustainability, where the pet industry is and and how far it's come? Oh yeah, I'd love to. Thank you. So, you know, I think as consumers and just human beings, when we generally think of sustainability, we kind of think of like quick fixes that we can do at home. So like, for instance, for myself, it's about like using my blue bin, um, practice using reusable bags when I go to the grocery store or just buying local. And I think it's true to state that we know sustainability is not a trend and operationally it becomes a commitment to all of us. 
kind of like a way of working or to an extent, like a lifestyle. So there are programs where you can return your packaging by mail or drop off select retail stores. And this can then become like a routinized option for now or the future. And we have seen recycle ready bags that are considered to be recyclable in the polyethylene stream, which is technically a small percentage of the market, but it's out there for sure. Mm -hmm. Now back to your question about pets, we've seen advancement for sure. So specifically in the pet industry, uh, we've seen developments in advancing like pilot programs for pet specific bags or packages to return to the store. Um, This can then be sold or donated back to the pet industry. The pet industry has made tremendous progress ensuring that I think we leave a healthy footprint for our fur babies. I've been in the industry for quite some time and been over a decade now, and I've seen such tremendous progress. It's um, pretty impressive just in the over a decade what we've seen. I would say I'm not only proud of the evolution of packaging sustainability, but it's really cool to see pet-focused organizations that help advance this specific cause. Yeah, 100%. And I've seen it too in everyday packaging and just like my everyday products. And then as we've moved, you know, I've been a, a pet owner for the last many, many years, and just to kind of see the evolution and why should pet parents and and people in general care about packaging? Because, you know, we're talking about it. It's like, oh, what, what does it matter? Like what my treat bag looks like or what it's made of. So why is that important? And maybe Rachel, you can, you can touch on that. Yeah. So if we think about packaging, the more you start thinking about it, it's kind of wild of how much our packaging does for us. And to me, what's even more crazy is that good packaging goes unnoticed. So if you don't really notice your packaging, that means it's designed well, it's providing a solution for you. It's easy to use. We think about those clamshells that are hard to open and are challenging, um, but we don't think about that packaging that works super well and provides a great purpose. So as we think to our packaging, we know first it protects So it protects the product that's in there. It can repel moisture, make sure there's the right oxygen levels, all of those pieces to make sure that the quality and that the product inside is safe and, again, to the quality that we want or expect. Um, But not only that, packaging also does provide information so you can learn more about products. You can understand a little bit more. And then I feel like if we kind of take it to then that next level of packaging, there's that tier of um, packaging does provide joy. So there's fun in packaging. It helps bring a product to life. It's part of a product experience. And Ultimately, I feel like the epitome of packaging is when it can provide a solution for you. So if you think of some packages you use, you might not even think about it. But if if there's a zipper on there, it's providing a solution of keeping your food fresh or a nice tab that can help you open something. It's providing a solution. So you're not getting out that can opener and not having to deal with that. So um, I know as I've worked more with our packaging team and learned more, it has really opened my eyes and to start realizing, noticing, thinking about all these components that go into packaging. There's so much more than just the wrapper that you're opening or something that's simple. There's so many aspects. It's way more complex than I ever would have expected. And I am so appreciative of everything that goes into it to provide solutions, keep our products safe, and so much more. 
Yeah, totally. And I think you don't realize exactly what goes into the packaging, all the stuff that's on the packaging. I mean, as a human, I have a lot of allergies, so I'm always reading like my own packages. But my dog, uh, my previous dog, he was allergic to chicken. So I was always reading the packaging to like find out what the ingredients were. And then just as as I've uh, been a Blue Buffalo user, the Buddies app is now a huge part of the packaging and like having the QR codes to scan and it gives you a way into a community too. So it's not just like, okay, here's your dog's food. It's all of these things that are so important as a pet parent that you have access to automatically. When you sit and think about it, which I think not many people do, you realize that there's a lot more to it than just this is the container that holds my dog's food. (laughs) But I want to get into the impacts because we talk a lot about okay this is the packaging this is what it's for this is what we're doing but i think that can go over some people's heads and that's fair so i want to get into like what are the actual impacts of sustainable packaging how is that like a real world thing that pet parents should be focused on thinking about why should we care basically and um i don't know maybe patrick you can you can talk to that yeah, I'm a total nerd in this space, so I'm, I'm, I can't wait to talk about this and just stop me if you have any questions. But, you know, when, when we think about packaging sustainability, it's really all encompassing and it's more than just recycling, but it's a lot around the decisions and choices we make when it comes to the packaging materials that we pick. And we use a tool in the industry that takes kind of that vague concept of footprint and puts data behind it. And it's called life cycle analysis. And so we work with a lot of third party um, vendors who have huge databases of what goes into manufacturing packaging and they build out a life cycle analysis. And then we can use that data to make decisions about our packaging. Does this material, does glass have a different footprint than plastic? Um, Is it easier to recycle? So that helps with the footprint. Just like when you look at a package, you don't realize what goes into it. When you look at that life cycle, it's from inception to end. Exactly. Like there's yep. all of these stages that go into it. So it, I think that's good to hit on. And I think it also kind of brings up another topic that I want to talk about, which is the language of this entire topic. Um, I think there's a lot of jargon, you know, messaging, marketing that goes into sustainability that I just want to clear up for pet parents out there. What are we hearing? What does it actually mean? And what, you know, how how can we become more aware of what it means to be sustainable? Yeah, and so I think like going back to the concept of what our footprint is, some of the jargon that you'll hear a lot that really helps support lowering that overall footprint. One concept you might hear is lightweighting. So what that concept really is, is like, how do we take material out of that package And by taking material out, you're lowering the overall footprint. We also hear things like reduction and product to packaging ratio. I actually think the pet industry does a really good job of this. If you think about it as a pet parent, you buy very little packaging for a lot of food. So if we humans existed in the same amount of packaging as our pets, we would probably be throwing away or recycling a lot less packaging than we are today because it comes in such big quantities. So that's an important thing when we think about lightweighting and and reducing our packaging is like, what is that product to packaging ratio? Um, Another concept that we hear a lot is reuse. And reuse is really around the ability to take the packaging that the product comes in, clean it, and then 
put the exact same product back in it. And I think that's a really important concept as we think about ways to reduce our footprint is how do we move towards a reusable model? And then obviously the big topic is recyclability. And like, what does recyclability mean? I I feel like there's a lot of like conceptions out there about what happens to our packaging when we put it in the blue bin. And I'd love to walk through that if if anyone's interested in hearing about what happens when you put your package in a blue bin. I am deeply curious about okay. that. Also, like the lightweight packaging reminded me of I, I was listening to an interview or reading a story about something that the airline industry did similar to this, where they they used lighter weight paper in like their emergency like pamphlets that they put in every seat. And by taking literally one ounce of paper out of all of those, it reduces the amount of fuel that you need, which then reduces the carbon footprint that you ex- exude when you're flying. Like it was a whole thing. And it's just like that little bit of reduction in the packaging has a humongous impact when you think about it exponentially in that way. But yes, if you would take us yeah. into the blue bin. <laughs> and what a great like tangible example of like how to lower your carbon footprint. That's exactly the right way to think about it. But what happens to our packaging when we put it in our blue bin? Know this as like a grounding point is that recycling in the US and, and Canada as well is run at the municipal level. So every community in the country can put different things in their blue bin really depends on what they have access to recycling. And so we always say, like, don't assume you can recycle something. Check with your local municipality before you put it in your blue bin. Putting things that aren't recyclable in your blue bin actually um, can be detrimental to the system. So we always say check. But let's start. So we think about um, packaging recyclability for circularity. Step one on circularity is being able to put it in your blue bin. We call that collection. The truck comes to your house, picks it up, and then it goes to what's called a material recovery facility. Um, They take that mixed material, so cardboard, glass, metal, and plastic, and they sort it into distinct piles of material. So paper goes in one pile, glass goes in another, metal goes in another. And they use a lot of really interesting, cool science to be able to separate these materials. Metals, they use magnets, paper, Uh, They use air and flotation to separate it. Um, And plastic, they use infrared technology to sort it. So when they get it into these distinct piles, they then can sell it to people that can turn it back into a new material. So these um, people that buy it are called reprocessors. And the reprocessors turn it into good, new, clean material that then can be turned into packaging again, or it can be turned into other materials. So we call these end markets. And so by flowing through that entire system, recyclable packaging can actually be recycled. So when we think about is something recyclable or recycled, the distinction is recyclable means it can go in that stream, but doesn't make it all the way through. Recycled means it makes it all all the way through and is turned into a new product. And that's what's happening with all the blue bins that we put our material in. It's a whole um, network that's complicated to be able to get you back to a new package. That's fascinating. My engineer father would be so pleased to learn about all the different ways that they're sorting. But yes, he's and they often will let you. They'll often let you come visit. So if you have a local one, you can go. Well, he's retired now. He's looking for something to do. I'll send him to a recycling facility. Yeah, Yeah. because I know in my town, because like I said, this is a passion topic for me. Like there are certain numbers on your recyclable materials. So like I know that like I can't put a number eight into my bin because it's not going to go anywhere. So I can't do anything with that. But similar to that, like 
what other labels are there on on packages that pet parents should be aware of or just generally people should be aware of? Yeah, I think the best example and the one that I would recommend most pet parents look for is something called the how to recycle label. Mm -hmm. If you're watching, you can see there's an example on a bottle there. But it's basically a square tile that tells you what it's made of. And then they have these different logos with the chasing arrows. Some are just the chasing arrow, which means go ahead, put it in your blue bin. Likely your municipality is able to collect it. There's another one that says check locally. That's where kind of mixed. Some municipalities take it, some don't. So the recommendation is, again, check your local municipality, see if you could recycle it. And then some will say do not recycle. And that gets back to my original point is like, if it says do not recycle, don't put it in your blue bin because it's just going to make it more challenging for that to make it through the recycling system. And then the last one that you'll see is called store drop off. And Nicole hinted at this earlier, but it's a special recycling stream for flexible film. And we're going to see a lot more of this with our dry format packaging and our treats packaging, but it's a specific type of flexible film known as polyethylene, and you can take it to retail locations. There's a website, bagandfilmrecycling.org. You put in your zip code and it tells you if there's a drop-off location near you. So those are the logos I recommend you look for, and then always check with your local municipality first. That's so cool, and I will definitely be checking out that website because like every other pet parent, I got these 50 pound bags of food. And I'm like, what do I do with a giant bag now? Just make sure it <laughs> just make sure it has that store drop off. Yep. Logo on. Yep. <laughs> um, OK, so outside of like packaging and all of the, the marketing and labeling that goes into that, what other marketing goes on, you know, specifically around sustainability? Like when a pet parent is listening to an ad or reading something, what should they be looking for? Yeah. So we talked a lot about the packaging aspect. So recyclable, that's one to definitely look out for. Also on a packaging front, I'd say look out um, if there's any call outs on reducing packaging or reducing plastics. Those are other portions of just reducing the footprint of the packaging. But if we think beyond packaging, like I said, sustainability is a big umbrella. There are so many aspects behind it. So other things to look out for is ways of reducing waste. So within the production stream, one one tag you'll probably hear is zero waste to landfill, meaning reducing the amount of waste that's going to landfill during the production process. And a couple other areas is some focus areas on the climate. So reducing greenhouse gas emissions, um, making it friendlier for the climate. And also thinking about our soil and thinking about our farming practices. Um, So a term that you'll commonly hear there is a call out on regenerative agriculture practices that make it uh, make our soil healthier. So those are just a few areas where you'll likely see or hear some comments about ways to be more sustainable or ways that brands are being more sustainable. And all of those, again, there's so many aspects that go into it, but all of those are um, efforts that are being made to be more su- be more sustainable and help in that aspect. Yeah, I've heard of regenerative farming and it's a very cool industry. I've, I've talked to a couple of people doing that and it's just like amazing the stuff that they're doing. But I also think that there's so much that gets marketed, so many different labels that get put on things. I was reading somewhere just a couple of days ago that somebody found a package of, I think it was eggs, and it said that the chickens were raised in a stress-free environment. I was like, what does that even mean? Is that, what? <laughs> Stress-free? Is that good? 
So what are some of the things that pet parents might see as red flags or, or any consumer? How can you like know, you know, if, if a red flag is going on, like, I don't know if that's for real or like, what should I actually care about? Yeah. So there are a lot of options that can be put on labels. And I think it's it's worth, you know, doing some research and digging into what are actual claims and what mm-hmm. are like substantiated claims versus what is a marketing claim that takes place on labels. Yeah. I mean, I don't want my chickens to be stressed out, but like, I also don't know if that matters sustainability wise. <laughs> okay. Let's kind of go behind the scenes now of what it means to design these packages, because there's a lot of elements, just like when you're making the packaging, um, you have to think about the life cycle. What about when you're thinking about designing and developing the packaging? So, So talk to me a little bit about what are the considerations that go into that process? Yeah. So there are a lot of considerations. As I said, I feel like I've learned so much about, wow, the packaging. There are lots of aspects that go into the packaging. Um, and there, this it, it is an investment for a company or a brand to invest in packaging. So as we think about how we're developing some of that packaging, the most important piece is thinking about the pet parent. Everything we do, pet parent mindset first, want to make sure that we're making the best choice and making the best option for our pet parents. Um, And with that, it's critical that we're maintaining the quality of our food with our packaging. So making sure it's protecting that, maintaining the quality that we expect, that pet parents expect. And again, looking for providing a solution within our packaging So not only, again, not only just uh, being able to protect our packaging, but doing that next step of the packaging can provide a solution for pet, pet parents to be able to use the product more easily. Have you heard about the True Blue Effect? It's pretty cool, and I've seen my dog Teddy thrive because of it. What I'm talking about are the seven benefits your dog could experience from the key ingredients in Blue Life Protection Formula. We're talking about healthy muscle development, immune system health, skin and coat health, healthy digestion, joint health, strong bones, and the one I see most of all in Teddy is vibrant energy for an active life. All of this is thanks to the quality ingredients in Blue Life Protection Formula. Try it now. And how do you stay innovative with all of this and and on top of trends? Because I think things can change pretty quickly about what a best practice might be or, you know, what's the, the newest, you know, way to do something. So how are you making sure that you're staying on top of all of that? I think the the best thing we can do is um, always talk to our pet parents. We are Mm -hmm. always talking to our pet parents because they know just as much as or not as much as we know sometimes. And to us, it's not about it's it's also about like the whole end to end solution. So Mm -hmm. Rachel touched on it and like making sure that we're designing for the least amount of material, obviously, the smallest footprint. But in the day, like how it's used at home too. what are some of the. Um, problems that they may have at home that we can make it easier for them to use their packaging. And then all the way to the life cycle of like how we dispose it too. So we're, I think it's important that one, we always talk to our pet parents. We also stay connected to experts in the industry too. Uh, And we partner well with our academia partners as well too, to ensure that we're learning about advanced technologies. But it's important that we're just, you know, we can't talk to ourselves. (laughs) I think it's really important we always talk to outside (laughs) people too. 
Yeah, totally. And you got to get those perspectives and see what other people are doing. And even across industries too, you probably learn a lot of, you know, what's what's going on outside of your own little world or big world as the case may be. And then uh, apart from recycling, like the end use, there's also the reusability, which we, we touched on a little bit with like some of that polyethylene packaging. Did I get that right? Yes. Yes. Nailed it. But like, I know so many pet parents are are interested in like reducing waste, being able to reuse things. So how can they do that? What are some of the, the benefits that come with the reusable options? Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of people want to move away from like kind of a single use model where they're buying something, using it quickly and then throwing it away. And I think reuse perfectly fits in with that. Mm -hmm. What we really have to think about when we think about reuse is, again, making sure that we're giving the um, consumer, the pet, the best possible product. So we still need to make sure that it's fresh and safe and good. And so there's a lot of like kind of interesting things we have to think about with reuse. Um, We see, I think the traditional thing that we're used to seeing is this bulk aisle kind of setup where we can maybe bring our own container, they provide it and we fill it up and then we bring it home. I think some of us use it, it's maybe not well adopted, but I encourage people to use it if it works for them. But we've seen some other models start popping up around the country and I think we'll see more. Um, Actually, Walmart's doing a online pilot in the Arkansas area um, through an organization called Loop. And basically what it is, is you buy, and it's not just pet food, but there are some pet food in there. So if you are a pet parent or a parent of um, that wants their normal packaging, you could try out the program. But basically you go through this um, online platform and you buy the product and it's in normal packaging that you would traditionally see. It's maybe just a little bit more beefed up and you pay a small deposit on top of the package that you buy. So once you get it and you consume it, in order to get that deposit back, you return that container, you get the deposit back and then they clean it and then refill it. And then you can buy that same product back on the shelf again. And we're seeing more of those models pop up because it's a little bit more convenient for the consumer and it enables us to keep the product um, fresh for the pet consumer. So I encourage if anyone's in the Arkansas area listening to this, go on the Walmart online platform and look for some pet treats. You might find some reusable containers. Yeah, I'm very curious about how that would work and, and how they can expand it to to more folks, more places. And can you share any examples of, of reusable packaging solutions or, you know, food accessories that Blue Buffalo has been working on? I, I, th- I think there's a couple that I've seen. We did a pilot with a stainless steel container with it. It has like a screw lid mm-hmm. on it with a, it's got a nice seal in there. So it goes tight, but it was for dog treats. So we had um, chicken and beef treats that you can get. And basically it was filled with pet treats and it came sealed with a, it had like a tamper evident band so you can make sure it was safe and it had labels on it. Um, anyways, you it was the same model where you would pay a deposit. And once you were done with the container, you could send it and then you could hear me opening it. But if you can see, we could then easily clean these containers out and then refill them. Um, so we have to think about the model a little bit different, right? We might be traditionally used to something in a single use bag that you tear open and then you can't mm-hmm. reseal. But with a reuse model, we think about opportunities where we can put lids on that can be screwed on. But then we need to make sure that we can clean all those crevices. So that's an important part of how we think about the design is it has to be able to be cleaned so that it can be um, fresh and high quality for the next reuse. 
Yeah, that's awesome. That's so cool. And just like the ways that Blue Buffalo and like all of these organizations are innovating with the packaging, with the with the ways that we consume. I think it's I think it's exciting. I'm I'm maybe a nerd like you, Patrick, <laughs> where I think this is really cool and really exciting. But I think you also have to go beyond sustainability. I think pet parents are thinking about other things when it comes to, you know, their 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 lives and how they, you know, show up as pet parents, whether it's safety, convenience, keeping your dog's food fresh or your cat's food fresh, you know, the treats. What are some of the other things that pet parents should consider, you know, along those lines when they're thinking about packaging for their pet products? I think the biggest one that comes to my mind, at least, is, um, you know, most of us buy probably 20 pounds, 25 pounds bag of dog food. It's heavy. And yeah. not everyone <laughs> wants to go to the store and buy it, which I understand. And I'm one, too. I will shop at Chewy or Amazon or whatever it is. I think a lot of pet parents want to know more about how we're making the package just as sustainable through the supply chain when it comes to your doorstep. Mm-hmm. That's a comment that we hear a lot about in terms of, okay, you got to the store, you're working with the customer, the retailer, but making sure that it goes through transportation, the bumpy roads to your doorstep in one piece, and there's not kibble falling everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's, and it's a, it's a true, um, it's a true problem out there. So, you know, as we think about the polyethylenes we talked about earlier or different material types, we want to make sure that those materials are just as safe and robust too. So there is rigor that goes behind the test methods. But I would think, though, like just what Pat was talking about in terms of reusable or refillable, I think the shopping behavior is changing in terms of sustainability. Like we're by doing this um, program with the treats, it's like changing the way pet parents are shopping. And that sustainability is driving that. I truly believe that. And I see that here in the e-com business, too, that sustainability will drive that because you know, they're obviously they're, they have lots of transportation points they are hitting multiple points. So we want to make sure that we're using the least amount of material, the most sustainable material too. And you're designing in a specific way to eliminate some of these pain points, right? Like, and I know there's a, like cat tastefuls have like a, a, a design yeah. that, that is innovative like this. So I'd love to hear more yeah, about that too. So, um, when we talk about once it gets to the house, right, whatever package it may be, doesn't really matter. Uh, we want to make sure that it's easy to use at home. There, that's that <laughs> modeling there for you. Um, and that that it meets all the pet parents' issues that may have in terms of ease of opening or closing. You know, Rachel talked about a zipper before, making sure it's fresh. Uh, we took it one step further. So with our wet cat food, we talked to pet parents. We learned some of their problems that they have with everyday packaging. Um, we took those ideas and came up with a unique design that can easily push out the food, right, without a utensil. And that's what this package does. At the same time, we made sure that you don't have to use a utensil. So you can chop it, which is like a spork at the very end, that creates that chopping (laughs) mechanism. So instead of creating another, you might see, um, you know, instead of adding a utensil to the package, it's built in. So that makes it more sustainable because all one built-in material piece too, one footprint. And then we also want to make sure that it's easy to open. So that that meets that piece of it. And we also learned about storage because not everyone has a lot of space. And I think also being sustainable in terms of how much material you buy. 
uh, that it's compactable. You can stack these on top of each other. So Mm -hmm. that in terms of um, Legos, you would call it, as we say, like making sure that it's all stackable, that, that part comes into sustainability too for us. And then at the end of the day, it's recyclable. That's awesome. And my, my mom, you know, with with our cat, who's kind of like your cat, Nicole, he he adopted us. He just showed up one day. My mom started feeding him and now he's our cat. So she's always like trying to, you know, get these packages that are like, can I stack them? Can they fit in the cupboard? Like, how can we make sure that we have, you know, that's, that, that it's easy to feed? Like if I'm not around, I'm like, yeah. So so this is like the perfect solution for that kind of situation too. Because my dad is like not interested in feeding this cat. So whatever way that it's easiest for him, he, he's on board. So that packaging sounds like it's right up his it's alley. for him. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but beyond, you know, work, which we're, we're all like, our jobs are our jobs and we love them and we love what we do. I can hear in your voices that you love the work that you do with, you know, General Mills, with Blue Buffalo, doing all of this stuff. But take me outside, you know, of, of work. How does sustainability come into your lives? How are you working outside of work in, in the communities and, and doing things that are, you know, you're passionate about in this field, especially in in the generation, the younger generation where sustainability is so important to them, like to have companies who it's important for the companies as well to have all of that evolve together, I think is really cool. It's not just about work, right? You have your day job, but I've been in packaging my entire career and there's a reason why I really enjoy it. Otherwise, I would have left, to be very honest. <laughs> but what I've seen, that, like I said earlier, is like the past, I think, 10, 15 years, this evolution of being more earth-friendly. And that has a lot of terms behind it. And so I'm starting to see a lot more modernization of programs that we discussed for sustainability. But at the same time, as a, a leader in the industry, um, as a professional industry, we do a lot of like philanthropy outside. So we talk about some of the goodness of programs out there that we promote or some of the things that we advocate for ourselves too. We also, I think it's better to teach the industry and be in partner with them. I go back to the schools and I talk to schools sometimes. And I think the most common thing that's happening to me personally lately is I mentor a few students in college. And the common question I get is, how do I get a career in packaging sustainability? It is mind-boggling <laughs> and really fun to hear because we talk about it. Like, how do you get that career and how do you sustain that career? Or how do you build that career up? Those are the things that I do outside of my work in terms of just volunteering and being with the community and being with my peers. That's awesome. And I was going to build on that too. I totally feel the same way you do, Nicole. It's like, I, I think that the like learning side of packaging and packaging sustainability is a personal passion of mine. There's um organization that a lot of us packaging professionals are a member of the Institute of Packaging Professionals. And um, I've been helping them kind of think through building out a packaging sustainability training program. Um, so it would be great to have that for all the new people that are coming into the packaging field to kind of get a baseline of what the definitions of packaging sustainability are, how they can design their packaging better so that we're not putting more packaging out there that has a negative impact on the environment, but rather is designed right the first time um, and improving things. So I think that's sort of one of my personal passions as well. And I think it's great for anyone who's 
you know, I talked about what a recycling facility is like. It's a, there's a ton of technology in there. It's great for anyone that's interested in a STEM field. I think it's perfect for that. You really get a lot of great learnings on how decisions you make around packaging design can have a direct impact on the environment. So that's sort of my personal passion on the side. So thank you for letting me talk about it. Yeah, totally. And and what are some ways that pet parents listening might be able to get involved? Like how can they, you know, make a positive impact on their environment in their communities and beyond? I think what's really important is to take the time to learn, to educate yourself to understand the different programs. There are so many aspects that go under the umbrella of sustainability. Find the place that you're passionate about. Find the place where you want to contribute and you want to um, take part in and learn about it and take those actions. And I think also from the education standpoint, I think of where Patrick talked about the instance of if you recycle the wrong materials, that actually can have a negative impact. You're trying to do good. Um, but that can have some negative impact to our recycling stream. So again, it goes back to that education of we're all on this journey together. There is no one who is an expert on all things sustainability, but we can all learn a little bit more. And so being part of that journey to learn more, understand more and do your part, um, especially if you find the area where you're most passionate within sustainability. I love that. I'm curious if like, in your research, when you're talking to pet parents, things have come up that have surprised you, things that they say that you're like, oh, I never even thought of that. Like, I'm curious if, if that's something that you encounter. I think it's so valuable hearing from pet parents because it's almost a secret peek into someone's life. And so we all have our uh, unique mannerisms that we have with our pets. Our pets <laughs> are part of our family. We talk to them, we share our emotions with them, they share their emotions back with you. And it's it's so interesting to understand everyone's perception of what is your unique pet telling you and what does that mean? How do you translate that into um, what do you think they need or what would make them most happy? And everyone has their solution for their pet, either through trial and error or um, what's worked what they like to do with their pet. And so I find it really fascinating to learn and to talk with pet parents just to get that peek into where we all uh, have our special moments with our pet and they're all unique. So uh, it's fun to learn about them. One thing that I think is like super interesting as we think about like what's different with pet packaging and human packaging is that especially with cats that are like hypersensitive to smell and very finicky with their packaging when it relates to if there's an off odor or something. And so when we're looking at more innovative packaging solutions, we have to be really cautious that it's um, it's not going to have this negative impact because cats can smell things, dogs can smell things, we can't. And I think that's something that we really is like, it's a great barometer in the pet industry when we think about innovation with packaging is like, if they can smell it and are concerned about it, it's kind of a warning flag for us on the human side that we need to be careful with whatever innovation we're working on. So it's, that's a sort of interesting thing that I've learned in the pet industry. Yeah, no, that's such a good point. I didn't even think about that because they are so much more like hyper aware of the smells and the, the sounds around them. So yeah, that makes total sense. All right. Well, this has been such a fun discussion. I've loved learning about this and talking to all of you, but what are, if there's anything else, any other resources, any other things that, you know, pet parents should know, learn about, where can they find them? And uh, what, what are some of the uh, resources you would like to point them out to? 
I mentioned it earlier, go look at your local municipal rules for recycling and think specifically about your pet packaging. Does it belong in the blue bin or doesn't it? The second thing is maybe if it doesn't and it's a film, go to bagandfilmrecycling.org and see if you can find a place to recycle that material near you. Um, And then the last one I would recommend is the Pet Sustainability Coalition has been partnering with some retailers on some more innovative ways to recycle materials. So encourage you to visit their website to learn more about anything they're doing around sustainable packaging. I also just want to add one more too that Pat kind of touched earlier, and I'm a true believer in this, is take a field trip to your local municipality. You'll learn so much in like 30 minutes. Um, That is, I've been a few times and I'll be more than happy to go again because you learn something every time you go. I highly recommend. Um, yes. And I will be taking my dad because he will just have so much fun. <laughs> um, all right. Well, again, this has been so much fun, but we have to leave off on a life with pets tradition, which is sometimes people think this is the hardest question that they're asked the whole interview. But here we go. If you could be any animal, what would you be? And what would be your favorite activity? I'm going to start with Rachel. Oh, this was like so easy right off the top of my head. <laughs> I am, I would love to be a golden retriever in a family's home. And I would just love those belly rubs and run around in the backyard with the family. I, I just, that's like the ultimate life in my opinion. <laughs> Solid answer. I like it. Nicole? My cat. <laughs> Honest to God, like my cat has the best life. <laughs> And he eats really, really well and licks the bowl. So to Pat's point, we don't have any food waste here as well. (laughs) Uh, All right, Pat, you're up. Yeah, Nicole, we we can hang out maybe as cats because I think I would be a cat. I like and totally into the I don't know if anyone's ever seen these TikTok videos where they put cameras on their cats and watch them explore the city on their own. And they're like up to the most fun adventures. So I think I would have to to be an outdoor cat is my option. I With love a it. fun family to come home to, I should say. Right. Yes. You gotta you need somewhere warm to sleep at exactly. night. Exactly. All right. Well this has been so much fun. Thank you, Rachel, Nicole, Pat. This is this has been one of my favorite conversations. And uh yeah, everybody Go to the resources that, you know, we've provided. We'll link everything up in the show notes, too, for you. So it's easy to find. Um, And yeah, thanks so much for hopping on with us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Life with Pets, the show that combines real pet stories with proven guidance from pet professionals. I'm your host, Hillary Georgie, and I hope this show has been a great resource for you as a pet parent. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to download the Buddies app. This episode was produced by the team at mission.org.